Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now at the time of recording, I'm currently sitting at five days out from the PCA Northwest. Um, if you've been keeping up with my Instagram, you'll see that I have uh, four shows um, in the next, effectively, three or four weeks. Um, one each weekend for the next four weekends, which um, it is a heck of a lot. But, um, you know, reason for it is that... Um, I, you know, I'm not too sure when I'll do this again. I know I will, but it will be um, later on in the years to come. Um, as you, some of you may know, or if you don't know, uh, I'm starting a family. Um, so I just want to enjoy the season, especially after I had uh, so many shows planned last year. I only got a chance to do one of them. Um, and obviously that got shut down. Uh, did the Two Bros uh, La Familia Championships a couple weeks back. That's a great warm-up. Um, I've gone a little bit tighter from that. And I figured, you know what? Um, why not just rock up? Um, and enjoy these sort of past four weeks after now what has been close to 16 and a half weeks of dieting by the end of it it'll be close to 20 um, and that kind of spurred the theme of today's podcast because I had a few people ask about it I think there is a little bit of a uncertainty on you know should you do multiple shows is that good is that bad you know, some people might hear that and instantly think, oh God, you're just going to burn out. Um, and I'll get to that in a second about what that means, or later on in the podcast about what that means. But um, I mean, if I could start um, kind of going back to my first ever show back in 2017, I started preparing for it. Uh, in 2016, actually, I hired a coach. Um, and, you know, I put everything into that just one show. I solely focused on it, fixated on it, really, for a year and a half. It became very much my life. Um, and you know it didn't go the way I wanted to I'm sure you've heard the stories on the podcast before if you haven't you know listen back um, and I was genuinely heartbroken um, you know fast forward four years later and I'm doing you know five total shows over the course of um, you know from the start of July till the 7th of August um, and th- those sort of showings maybe two or three uh, sometimes a bit more showings that, that's fairly common in your sort of second third time round competitors or your seasoned veterans I think that sometimes if you are a first timer, you can get so because you've never done it before. It's just this one show, this big build up. Um, you maybe just focus on that one. However, honestly, my my best piece of advice would be that if I could go back um, and change time, uh, I would have one hundred percent done uh, multiple shows. I would have done them across different federations, um, and therefore, like the aim of I guess this podcast is just to discuss like why I would have done that, why I would go back and would have done that, um, the benefits I feel of doing multiple shows, but also the drawbacks. Um, and then hopefully by the end of listening to this podcast, it'll allow you to make your own decision um, as to you know what you might do in your upcoming season uh, or to finish off your season. Maybe you're competing later on this year, maybe you're going to compete now and uh, you know, next next year, especially if you are if it's your first time. Um, so, you know, where do we start? Uh, arguments for, you know, whether whether or not you are a first timer or as I said a seasoned veteran, my advice is always going to be to you: um, if you're ready, you know, get as many shows done as you can, um, without burning out. I suppose I should say, um, and there's a reason why. And I like to explain this analogy, and I think it's really easy to to relate to. So, if we were to um, look at a you know the eurozone, look at a football team. Um, now, one football team doesn't prepare a year and a half just to play one game and then that's them done for the year. Let's say they 
prepare for a tournament, right? Now, in that tournament, it maybe requires a first round match, it requires a second round match, you know, quarters or semi-finals, and then of course a final. So if we use that same analogy to describe our season of just sort of showing up and doing the one show and finish up for the year, it seems, you know, it can seem kind of silly, can it? Um, and if you go back to the football analogy, you know, with each sort of match that that football team plays, um, they look to improve, they look to play better, they learn from their previous performances um, on, you know, things they need to maybe perhaps do differently because they know they're going to go up, go up against tougher competition. Um, I hope you're still with me, but that's how I'm trying to relate it to. So here's a scenario. Um, imagine if it's your first show. You know, you're incredibly nervous. Um, maybe you're standing at the side of the stage and, you know, you walk on because you're a bit nervous. You you rush your routine a little bit. Um, you maybe didn't get some quite some poses quite right in your routine or whether it was in the mandatories or whatnot. Um, and, you know, simultaneously, let's say, for example, three three or four seasoned veterans show up um, to compete against you who they're just undoubtedly better. Maybe they've got a little bit more muscle mass. Maybe they're a bit more conditioned. Um, before you know it, the show is over in the blink of an eye um, and you may be left with a sort of bitter taste in your mouth. You're left feeling unsatisfied, annoyed and perhaps frustrated. Now, if you could picture that scenario, you know, would you end your season there? I think if you if that was a scenario, um, you probably wouldn't. Uh, now, on the other hand, you know, you may feel motivated to go into your next show. Um, you might feel inspired by, you know, your fellow competitors and how awesome that they are and, you know, just that motivation to, to want to continue to improve. Um, you maybe want to improve your posing. You maybe want to smash that routine. So let's say you do just that. You go away. You've got a show a couple weeks later. Um, you're now at the side of the stage. Uh, you know, they call your name. You know, you walk out, confidence, smash your routine. You hit the mandatories fine in the, when they're going through the, the rounds. Um, but then also, you know, it's, it's maybe a different federation. And maybe in this scenario, you know, they're wanting a, a slightly different look. And they, they, they feel that, you know, you fit the criteria well. And before you know it, you end up placing second. How would you feel about that? Now, take those two scenarios there. One at which you ended your season after one show, having, you know, been left frustrated and annoyed. And then imagine if you didn't, you know, if someone had said to you then, listen, just go a couple of weeks and this will happen, would you continue? Of course you would. But that's the thing in bodybuilding, you just don't know. Right, you take on board feedback and then you improve and then you go again. So you've got two scenarios there um, that I know you'd feel incredibly different about. Um but if you came back, you know, you did your a second show with a better package and you grabbed a placing, you know, that's going to massively increase your confidence. Um, so what I would suggest is if you can get three shows in, you know, one kind of quote unquote, I call it a warm up show. Um, if it's your first ever show, it's not going to be a warm up, right? But if you're a seasoned competitor, you maybe do a warm up kind of like I did a couple weeks ago. Um, in that scenario, uh, I wasn't quite, you know, lean enough. You know, I wasn't at my peak, um, and that was the plan. It was to go in, kind of eighty-five percent, and get leaner with each show. Um, the standard was incredibly high, um, and you know, you could say I didn't get the result I wanted. But at the end of the day, that's that's bodybuilding. You take it on board, you get better, and I've do, I've done just that. And I guess before I continue, I should probably touch on what I said about different federations looking for a different look because. 
If you're a first-time competitor and you don't know much about the federations, like so many first-time competitors don't, you don't have an absolute clue what I mean by that. So, I mean, a lot of people, when they sign up, they want to compete. I say, what what federation? They say, oh, any, what do you recommend? And I say, well, there's a few different ones out there and it, it really depends on the one that you like, the look that, the, uh, you, that you see on stage, because it could be slightly different. So let's take, for example, one federation um, might prefer a little bit of a softer look and another federation might prefer a little bit of a harder, a little bit of a leaner look. Um, a classic example of that could be, you know, PCA girls, bikini girls, um, tend to be, you know, quite lean, quite hard. Um, and it could be a little bit different in other federations. Um, but also one thing I think that you need to consider is the is the average of who's on stage. You know, I did a podcast with Dan Wellborn about this, and he, I think he put it um, in the best terms that, you know, let's go back to that. You know, let's say you're a bikini competitor. You go on stage, and let's say there's nine other girls in your class. Let's say it's a big class, all of whom are maybe perhaps a little bit softer, um, and that's the average sort of look. Now, let's say, out of the ten girls, including yourself, you are probably the you know you're the leanest one. This is where you kind of stick it like a sore thumb, um, and it would be unlikely that they would probably place yourself if you were leaner and the rest of the girls were a little bit softer. Um, and you know they go with the average so this is where like that scenario is really out with your control and you kind of have to rely on your coach helping you bring your best look to the right federation you know dan dan put it so so well prep someone to look the best that they look not to be the absolute leanest and um, not to be the biggest but, you know, he said that he prepped some figure girls and they look better with a little bit softer. Prep some figure girls and they look better when they're a little bit harder. And they maybe maybe perhaps aren't the most conditioned, but they've got better roundness. Or the one that's maybe a bit, little bit leaner doesn't have the same pop as the other one before. So it's about, as, as he had, had kind of put, prepping that person to ultimately present the best package that they can bring without compromising the look. So for example, what do many guys do in bodybuilding? Um, they try and get their glutes in. And I, I get it, I understand sometimes there's a bit of event, like people, you know, people have a, a chip on their shoulder when their glutes are in, about, you know, well, I'm leaner than you. And, and sometimes what I'd say is that it kind of sucks, you know, for me, it kind of sucks the life out of me when my glutes are in. And I don't think I look as good as I do when I'm about a kilo to two kilos roughly above that. Another scenario I suppose you could compare was a client, Chris Bain of mine. Uh, many of you know we've done seven shows together and he's had great success, never um, really placing outside, never done a show where he hasn't placed in the top three. Um, but for him, his first junior season and second junior season, his glutes were in um, from the rear. And then this season, we, we looked and we thought, this is a better look when your glutes aren't in. So let's present this. And, you know, he ended up getting a second place at PCA, um, third place at Two Bros and a, and a fourth place. Um, and now he's going to do the PCA finals. So, again, just shows you it's not all about that. It's about prepping the athlete to look the best that, they, that they'll look for their physique. And, you know, another benefit of doing multiple shows is that it gives you more of an opportunity to really nail those final few days and help present a better look each time. Um, you know, again, this is male bodybuilders because for the most part, male bodybuilders will carb load. Now they'll play a bit with water because uh, they won't need to get a little bit dry. Um, you might not always nail it on the first time. Don't get me wrong. 
you might get very close to like the peak look, um, but you might find that you can take the information that you've implemented on one show, you can learn from it, you can kind of see the look, and then you can maybe tweak that going into the next show, you know, manipulate things to see if you can present a bit of a drier package, a bit of a fuller package. Um, so with each sort of show, you learn and you can look better and look better. And I think, you know, like lastly, you've more than likely put 16, 20 weeks into this. You know, you've completely changed your lifestyle. Um, you've given up social occasions. You've given up meals out. You've implemented some form of restriction. But it's probably all paid off. And, you know, you look the best you've ever have. If you've ever, never competed before, this is the best you've ever looked in your life. If you're a second or third time competitor, it's, again, probably the best you've ever looked versus your previous packages. So what I'd say is show it off. Be proud of what you've achieved. Um, and with each show, watch your confidence skyrocket. You know, I can hand on heart say that with each show I've done, uh, I always feel a little bit less nervous, a little bit more confident, um, to the point now where I, I usually get prayer, I'm pretty relaxed um, before stepping on stage. And that just comes with experience, doing it time and time again, knowing what's coming, knowing what you need to do, knowing where you need to walk, knowing where you need to look, knowing where you need to pose, etc, etc. But of course, with every sort of thought argument you could have, you're going to have arguments against. And probably the most obvious one, um, I suppose if you haven't competed before, is you might not be aware of how expensive doing just the, the one show can be. Um, and, and this is where you've got to consider the total cost. So think about gym membership, your food, the coach that you may be perhaps paying for, supplementation, you know, performance enhancing drugs, especially if you're an assisted male bodybuilder, you, know, you might even be a female that uses PDs. Um, on top of that, you have your travel to the show, the accommodation, the entry fees, the tan, the photography, you know, it quickly adds up. And if you're a female, you know, you've got the added addition of the heels, the jewelry, the bikini, the makeup, on top of, of everything else. And if you aren't careful, you don't think it through, you know, you can quickly get into the thousands, um, if not a bit more, uh, for just the one show. And that's where I think I did a podcast way back at the start. This is going to be somewhere between episodes sort of 20 to, to 30, 35, there, thereabouts. And I sort of try to break down the cost of doing one show. Um, but I think there are some ways that you can work around it, right? And, and here's what I suggest. I, I live in Scotland, for those of you who don't know, and I compete down south. So for us, it's obviously travel is a, is a big thing. But see if you book everything far enough in advance. You can get flights so cheap. You can get, you know, transport fairly cheap. Um, whether that be, you know, I think the train's always a bit of, a bit expensive. But if you're able to, to get flights close to the venue, Uber's relatively cheap now as well. Um, but effectively, do that with the with travel, but also accommodation. You know, here's a here's an example for you. Um, so I've got. The, I, knew, I knew I'd been doing the, was going to do the Tuberos finals um, for a long time. Booked that accommodation a while back. And I think one one night in a Premier Inn was like 29 quid. Um, and then obviously I signed up for PCA. 
um, Northwest and Southwest. I just signed up for Southwest the other day. And because it's the summer holidays, um, one night in a hotel, this was a, a different, obviously a different city, was like 150 quid because it's in like 12, 13 days. Whereas like when I booked the one for, the, you know, two bros, I booked that, you know, months ago. Um, so this is where like, like planning ahead can really help. Don't leave it to last minute. I think when it comes to supplements, um, you know, buying in bulk, taking advantage of discount codes, um, or same goes with your food, you know, buy your chicken or your meats or whatever in bulk. Um, ladies, if you are um, looking to do it a little bit cheaper, you can get secondhand bikinis uh, quite easily. There's pl pl plenty former competitors will sell theirs. Uh, you can even rent one from some companies. That's um, far more sort of financially feasible. Um, you can actually get some practice makeup online tutorials. One of my clients had said they got that done. Um, so then they could do their own makeup on show day. Um, along with, you know, um, I have one uh, one bikini girl this year, Molly, um, who had great success. Uh, if you haven't, if you aren't aware, go uh, go watch my Instagram. Uh, have a look at the Instagram post I put up. Um, ridiculously successful season. You know, she won every bikini class she went into. Um, I think in total she got nine trophies, a pro card, and one of them was an overall. Um, but you know, she did her hair, her own hair, for every single show. Um, so it just shows you. Um, or, you know, or in addition, you know, if you're part of a team, such as, you know, here at VW Physique, we always have a group chat uh, where all the bikini girls um, will sort of have a, have, a, have a talk and share where they're sort of sourcing their stuff. Or they'll say, hey, girls, there's a, there's a sale on here. Um, you know, some of them grab their heels for the following year on uh, Black Friday or, or, you know, bikini voucher or whatever it is. Um, so I guess the argument against is that it can be expensive to do one. So, you know, why would it do, why would it do multiple? Sometimes it's about, you know, some federations are going to be a bit more expensive than others. You know, we all know, um, that there'll be, there'll be one, one in the UK that's, that's a lot more expensive than, than the rest. So sometimes it's a case of, well, maybe don't choose that one. Maybe choose one that instead of the entry fee being a hundred quid, the entry fees 30 pound. It allows you to do two classes on the one day. You know, the, the tanning isn't 75 quid, the tanning's 30 quid, you know. Don't go for the, the cream of the crop if you feel like you can't financially afford it. Like, at the end of the day, you need to find a federation that you like how it's run, you like the look of, like what it stands for, um, and then just compete with that one. Don't worry about what anyone else says about that. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. So I think another one of the reasons people don't want to do multiple shows back to back is they... they they think there's a risk of burning out and I think that there certainly is but if you're not unsure what that means it means that sometimes if you're trying to maintain a very lean physique and sort of carb up deplete carb up deplete for an extended period of time sometimes the body can actually begin to look worse if it's not managed correctly you can begin to lose muscle mass look a little bit stringy struggle to fill up um, and it's just a build-up of fatigue caused by months and months of dieting and ultimately stress on the body and it can be detrimental to your physique to continue dieting so sometimes at that point if, if the physique is starting to look like it's fading on you sometimes it's best just to, to sort of pull the plug um, and because no, no matter what you do you're not going to be able to salvage that and bring that back um, but however if you have a good coach um who you, you, know, you check in frequently, um, I feel that you can avoid this or keep it as minimal as possible. So personally, what I do get clients to do um, is I get them to check in every single day, pretty much from, say, let's say four weeks out, at the very end of their dieting phase. And what this allows me to do is just 
check in with them daily, see how the physique's looking, and we make micro manipulations to food, training, fluid, cardio, whatever it is, to ensure that we're ticking over, whether we're still trying to pull down, whether we're trying to maintain the look, um, or whether we're trying to reverse out and make sure that we're not, you know, we're not getting too, too like, we're not getting softer, um, make sure that performance is okay, we're not wasting away, how we're managing fatigue, etc, etc. And I've found that, that those sort of daily check-ins, I've not had anybody burn out. Um, I've been checking in with Cal every single day now for the past, I think, three weeks. It was about two weeks uh, prior to La Familia because I did a photo shoot uh, before the week beforehand, which ultimately I probably looked a bit better at. Um, and then... La Familia then every day since because we, we, we want to get a bit leaner for uh, for PCA um, which I think uh, at the f- uh, finished finish loading um, at 109, 109 kilos for two bros and right now I'm in the 104s um, not you know quite flat going into uh, PCA this weekend so we, we needed to take off another sort of I think the lowest weight prior to that was was high 105. So we've taken off a good sort of kilo and a half, um, and we did it in a we did it in like six days because I got home from two rows on the Monday, and then by the following, um, by the I think it was on the, like the, the the Friday actually Saturday I was down to down in the 104s. Um, so it just shows you what you can do. But I, I kind of dug myself in a very big hole. Um, it needs must. Um, so when when you sometimes when you take it off, um, we me and Cal kind of went right. We're in a position where we're we're fairly happy with how we look. Um, I, I was like, well, fuck it. Let's I went, let's just let's just compete every weekend until the end of the season. Uh, for me, which will be uh, the the, the FedEx show. So if you haven't been keeping up, my show by the time this podcast goes live, I'll have already done um, PCA Northwest um, and the one that will be coming up this weekend, be PCA Southwest. Uh, the one the week after tubers finals and then the last one which is only six days after tubers finals is fitx um so i'm excited for each one you know what i was trying to say to um on my instagram was that i could have had the break i could have done northwest and had the break um the week before the british finals but i i didn't want to have another weekend in the house just trying to waste time trying to fill time um i felt it'd be incredibly unproductive and it'd be way more productive um for myself, but also for business and the brand to actually go down and represent um, at the Southwest. I, I can't, uh, I can't wait for it. So, I guess doing multiple shows itself it also extends your dieting phase, and this might add another three, five, six weeks on top of the first year you prep for. You know, and if this is your first time dieting, of course, you know you've missed out, as we said, nights out, takeaways, and whatnot. Maybe you've got a, a family or a partner has been really affected by prep and they want you to call it a day or you know they've just been affected so much and it's there's no secret that prep is incredibly selfish it needs to be right bodybuilding is but it needs to be to ensure you get lean however i do feel it can be managed you know i do feel relationships can be managed well if you just simply talk to your partner um about what to expect beforehand and I'm sure um, you've all listened to the podcast I've done about prepping partners. And if not, there's a pod, there's a an article on the website as well. If you're not someone that likes listening to podcasts, maybe you listen to five minutes of this and you think, fuck that, who's this boring bastard? And then the majority of the podcast I record will be in article form on the website for you to 
to read at your leisure, all for free. There's now over 100 episodes in the, of the podcast and there's now over 100 articles on the website. Um, and I guess lastly, the, the four argument, um, if you didn't know, getting the tan off from week to week um, is a fucking nightmare. Um, and having to shave your entire body, um, you know, week in, week out can be a pain. Um, you know, combining the fact that some federations may perhaps want a slightly different posing if you're, you're in bikini or whatnot, uh, might be having to tweak things and rejig your focus. But I feel that those are kind of null points and something that you just kind of put up with if you are wanting to do multiple shows, make a season out of it. Um, you, know, you don't complain about having to go scrub the tan off. You don't complain about having to change your posing if you're a good poser and, you know, you're posing inside out. Um, the... The shaving just becomes becomes part of the routine and the preparation. I think that the exciting part of a show really, for me, begins about, say, three days, four days prior to that. Because you know, my show's on the Sunday, so I'll start carb loading on the Thursday, Friday. The Friday, I will shave my entire body. Um, I'll keep my eyebrows on, though. If you're wondering, saying, Vaughn, are you going to shave hours? No, no, I'll keep keep them on. Friday, I'll probably get a haircut as well. Um, Saturday, you know, you travel down. Um, and then the Saturday night where you get your tan. Sunday morning, you get your, your second coat of tan. And then before you know it, boom, show's on the Sunday. But the whole lead up and then the build up to, to the show, it starts a few days beforehand. And of course, you get people messaging you, wishing you good luck. You get maybe perhaps fellow athletes or like my clients just chatting to me about you know, shows, and I, I, I usually have clients doing the same shows as me or whatnot, so sometimes they're there um, doing their check-ins at night, seeing them improving, and also, like, what I'd add is that just, like, being at that show and having another four athletes doing doing um, doing um the show itself, I was incredibly proud of every single one of those athletes. Um, you know, they were representing Video Physique, but just incredibly proud to see them up there. Um, and I enjoyed... I enjoyed watching them and I was happier for them than I was for me competing. That's going to sound really strange. It's maybe going to sound like for someone that's, that loves competing, like, oh, fuck, you shouldn't do it then. But no, I, I, I enjoy it. I do enjoy it, but I just, I get more of a, of a kick out of helping helping others. But in my eyes, that's just because I feel, yeah, that's what gives me joy and happiness is, is kind of helping others achieve something they never thought they could achieve. Whereas for if it's me, I'm like, ah, oh, well, you know, it didn't go my way. Ah, that's fine. That's cool. I'll improve. I'll be all right. That's no worries. But when you're helping someone else, and you know you've worked to get, you've worked towards a goal for like let's say a year and a half, two years, and they achieve it, um, it's incredibly. You know, I, I can't describe the feeling. I, I want to say it's rewarding, but I don't know if that's the right word. I just want to say it's it's just amazing to be part of. Um, for example, Molly, um, she's probably listening. Um, she didn't think she could win a show last year. Um, we came on call and she said, Vaughn, I came last time on last show. And I went, Molly, you will win a show next year. Uh, you have the potential to win hands down. Um, and I said, I see a lot more on you than yourself. And, you know, she came out nine, nine places in the pro card and overall unbelievable. Um, Bradley, he came on board a year and a half ago, if not a bit longer. He said, Vaughn, I want to compete. Um, this year I went, no, let's go next year so you come back and you're better. Or so, so you come out and you're better. Um, he says, "I want trophies. I want a, you know, a, a final, a, a an invite to the British." Uh, and I said, "What you got for a show? You got trophies. You got an invite to the British. 
two bros we had the pleasure of stepping on stage beside each other um, and he fucking beat me because uh, he because <laughs> he was leaner uh, and hands down he was leaner I wasn't lean enough um, but it was such a pleasure just to do the do um, and then his last show uh, he won classic uh, short classic bodybuilding and PCA um, and what a way to cap off the season I knew how much that meant to him um, and yeah uh, you know, just just to be part of that journey. I know I'm rambling on here, uh, but just to be part of those are just a couple of examples in in the long list of people that I work with. But for everyone everyone out there that I have worked with or currently am, uh, I just want to say a thank you and express how grateful I am for the opportunity to not only sort of take you through your prep, but also um, just help you level up as a person in every single way. But um, I guess I should get back to the the podcast. So, in summary, I suppose there are strong arguments. Uh, for competing in multiple shows across multiple federations whether you are in your first season or not some federations don't like that they'll be like oh you know well maybe bodybuilding politics is a thing and if they know you've competed with another federation they may maybe not going to place you see if that's the case don't do those feds like it's, it's just not worth it um it's always my recommendation to anyone and um, that the benefits of doing multiple shows far away the drawbacks and that if you do you will be happier um, you'll have probably a more successful prep and I think you'll enjoy it that little bit more um, and reflect on it being not as a, a stressful period. Um, I think that you, you know, you've got to consider the cost, you've got to plan ahead if you're looking to do them, um, ensure you've got a good coach so you don't burn out. Um, I think that's it. So listen guys, that is it for me. Um, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you have done, please do um, give it a little bit of a share. On, on Instagram, uh, tag someone who you feel would benefit from listening to this. And also as a side note, um, be sure to go on the website and check out the Beginner's Bikini Blueprint, especially if you are a first time competitor. Um, our female coach Clara has designed uh, an amazing six day email video series in which she goes through the mandatory poses um, and teaches you uh, how to get in them, how to spread your lats, how to be confident in your posing, how to bring out your your sort of inner diva, your inner queen or whatnot, if that's how you call it. I can't, I can't do the hair flicks and whatnot, but she does them very, very well. Um, so that's that's free to download on the website, um, so make sure you check that out. But remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.